0: The Scuttlebutt is proud to welcome Millerstown Pickapart, a self service salvage yard where you can get parts you need for your car, truck, or van at very attractive prices because you do the work. Bring your own wrenches, hammers, screwdrivers, sockets, jacks, drills, or whatever you need, except for torches, to wrestle out the parts you need for the vehicles in the yard. Millerstown Pickapart was created 17 years ago to provide reasonably priced solutions for auto parts needs. Millerstown is the perfect fit for those seeking discount auto parts to repair their own vehicles. Millerstown has a huge inventory of cars, which they purchase from individuals, towing companies, and auctions, and from its sister auto salvage recycling operation. For hours, directions, inventory, parts availability, and pricing, you can go to pickapartyard.com. That's P-I-C-A-P-A-R-T. Y-A-R-D, pickapartyard.com or call 724-224-4777. That's pickapartyard.com or call 724-224-4777.
1: Some of my um, favorite movies have gotten terrible reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, so take it for what it is. No, No offense to the tomatoes, you know? This
2: is really the only source you should trust, these four people. <laughs> Forget about Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs>
0: Welcome everyone to the Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Sean Hall, Director of Programming with the Veterans Breakfast Club. If you're watching on YouTube, you may recognize some faces here. We decided to do a part two of Post 9-11 War movies, but this time we got a little bit more specific. Two movies in particular that we decided to watch over the last month because we're all crazy and we all have families and we're all trying to like just you know live through the day here. But we watched two movies over the last month. One being Sandcastle from Netflix, and the other being uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, based on the book. Um, you can rent it right now, which I guess I I owe. <laughs> I owe Catherine $4 for this because she has a lot to say. Um, But there's a lot of really interesting perspectives here in the room that I can't wait to get to uh myself as an actor ryan as a veteran evan as a filmmaker catherine as a news anchor there's a lot of perspectives on these two movies that i can't wait to get to and as always uh if you're enjoying the scuttlebutt please like share subscribe ring the bell on youtube and send us an email at sean at veteransbreakfastclub.org if you have recommendations for what we would do as a volume three of post 9-11 war movies say hey watch these two i'd love to hear you guys chat about it uh we will definitely do that because um Boy, there's a lot to get to today. So, without further ado, uh, we could do a, a real quick intro. Ryan All, if you want to go around the room real quick.
3: Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ryan All. I'm an Army veteran. Uh, excited to be here for another uh, Scuttlebutt podcast uh, discussing war movies, one of my favorite topics. Evan, welcome back to the Scuttlebutt.
2: Glad well, to uh, be back. Uh, my name is Evan Mulgrave, uh, I'm a filmmaker. Um, and I worked with the BBC on the film, uh, We Left as Brothers, um, where I followed a group of veterans back um, to Vietnam, visiting for the first time uh, in 50 years since they served in the war. And uh, excited to talk some shop. Ed,
0: Catherine, welcome again to the Scuttlebutt.
1: Hi, yes, I'm Catherine, news anchor, as previously mentioned, um, not a veteran, but a uh, proud advocate of reading the book before you watch the movie.
0: <laughs> okay, so we'll start with Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Did you read the book before watching the movie?
1: No, I didn't know there was a book, and now I wish I would have read the book, because I feel like if I do, it's going to be forever scarred for me.
0: <laughs> it's possibly. So we'll start with that. Uh, I'm just going to toss that into the room. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. What? Uh... This movie is uh, about, both of them are about a particular soldier. Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk is, is specifically about a soldier who has earned a silver star for valantry in a battle that happens in Iraq. He's brought back with his Uh, unit uh, to be commended, to be cheered on, uh, and taken around the United States. Uh, Specifically in this movie, he's taken to a Dallas Cowboys, quote-unquote. I say that because there was no NFL license in this game, but you kind of knew it was the Dallas Cowboys, though they're terrible in the movie. Um, I guess they're still terrible in real life right now, but... And I say that as a Steeler fan, but uh, uh, he's brought back. They're taken to a halftime show. Everybody's, you know, there's the, the, the parade and all these things. Uh, a lot to break down just about that specifically, but he's still really broken up over what happened in this battle. And it's about sort of his journey uh, in, in flashbacks uh, to what happened in the battle and how he's coping with that. And a lot of really weird sexual undertones, um, a very strange cheerleader. Uh, very interesting civilians who are just like going to ask you any question because I guess that's what you get as a veteran. Uh, Ryan, you could probably answer that question. Is like the the level of questions
3: that the civilians ask this guy, like what you deal with? I mean, typically what I've noticed in in my personal experience is you either get somebody who doesn't want to ask about them at all or somebody who just asks a bunch of crazy questions. (laughs) Uh, So it's not. um, But but uh, yeah, I mean, that's been my experience.
0: Catherine, I want to get to you first because you just you have a lot to say about this movie. Go ahead.
1: Yes, I have a lot to say about this movie. So I there's a lot of things that I could talk about. But first, I want to talk about so I'm watching this movie, right? And I read the description and I'm and I'm watching it and I'm watching them go through like this halftime show. And the first thing I'm thinking was every time somebody interacts with this group of veterans, I'm like, Are people really this stupid? I'm like, this movie, if I was a veteran watching this, I would think this would be like a little bit offensive or not a little bit, a lot offensive, like some of the things these people are asking them. And then it occurred to me that maybe this movie is supposed to be that way, like educating people with the fact like, hey, this is not the right way to treat our veterans. So I think maybe I, I wouldn't say I came around to it because I still really dislike this movie, but like the lack of... I guess, common sense and how tone deaf people are, because I'm sure this happens when they interact with veterans is amazing to me. And I would like to issue a public apology on behalf of all of the credible journalists out there for how they were represented in this movie, because no respecting journalist who studied this, who knows how to thoughtfully ask a question would ever sit in a room with a group of combat veterans who were probably just weeks removed from being in a war zone and ask them like, what was the worst thing you saw over there? Or ask them about combat or ask them to tell a group of people, of strangers about what was arguably the worst day of their lives. Like that just does not happen. Journalists don't do that. Good ones anyway.
0: That's true, yeah. It, I mean like that particular scene, and especially because like, you're right, like it does, it, the movie is saying something about how civilians ask questions of veterans. And like, it's right in your face too. There's a lot of weird, like fourth wall breaking where they're like, we're just going to film you talking directly to the camera because that's how we want to film this. Um, Evan, you could speak about that in a minute, uh, but definitely like the room where they were sitting and getting, t- uh, getting asked questions by the reporters, was just very awkward. And then they would sort of flash over to like him imagining what they would answer with, like saying masturbation and different things like that. So it was sort of taking away from the power of Maybe this is wrong that they're asking these questions. So I don't know, Evan?
2: I think that's kind of like the main problem that I had with the film is that there's these two very like differing competing tones to where there's like this really like, the the comedy is trying to be very like cynical and satirical at times, but the human story of like him and his sister is like almost overtly saccharine and kind of like trying to tug at your heartstrings and those two things, like they don't go together very well at all. So like you have those moments that, you know, they're, they're trying to blow things up to, to, it's seemingly to satirize how, um, you know, the American public sees and treats veterans, but then the other like emotional aspects of the film are very like, they feel like ham-fisted and I feel like those two compete and kind of, clash a lot of times.
0: It seemed like he was trying to say a lot like Billy Lynn's relationship with his sister is this odd weird sort of thing but like you know and even made mention of it during the film of like we know how you Texas boys are with your sisters it was just kind of like at first when he first saw her when he got back I was like wait are these two together Are they siblings? Like, what is the relationship here? I was very weird. But then the dad relationship where he's like, it seems that he's crippled in a wheelchair, but has some level of, maybe he's a vet, we're not sure, but they never really explored his relationship with his dad, which seemed like there was a lot to mine there. Uh, Instead, we're like, you know, there's so many things that the film is trying to get to and, and flow through that you just sort of get, you know, the sort of base level stuff for a while. Ryan, what was your reaction when you were watching?
3: I I guess, yeah, I would agree. Like there, there's the, we kind of never went into the depths of of all these different things that we're trying to to get into. And I I think kind of like one of the, you know, overarching themes, I guess, is like this relationship between, you know, the military service veteran and the public and how that's, and how that's portrayed. And I can see like that being like one of these, these major themes that goes throughout it. Like the, the whole idea of like presenting these guys at a football game and, and the rah, 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 and the, and they're talking about, you know, movie deals and, and how much money they're going to get. And it's, you know, kind of this capitalist take on, on, you know, monetizing your, your service in some way. And it's, it's, it was, it came off to me as, you know, this whole very cynical look. Um, and I intentionally, I believe, you know, that at the relationship between, you know, how service members are treated and how the public views them. And that get, you know, but again, not not completely explored, right, not being able to get down into the nitty gritty of, of what that is all about, um, and why that's an issue and, and the other social impacts of a, of a military civilian divide. But uh, yeah, but then, uh, you know, just the trauma that, that these guys go through and the manner in which that they portray that, um, you know, it's hard to, you know, it, it's hard to you know, for me to, 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 to fault or to, to find fault with, with trying to portray that um, which I think is good so that people can understand like what war is about. Um, but the, the manner in which the movie was shot, it was, you know, very, tried to be very experimental with these frame rates and these different things that I think um, the director uh, Angley, 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 yeah, has been, you know, very popular for with, with portraying these, pseudo, you know, um very, very strange looks at, at, at things and uh uh very, you know, allegorical or, or, you know, things like that. So, I mean, it was, for me, I think I agree with, uh with, you got kind of a swing and a miss, <laughs> but you know, not, 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 not terrible, but also just like, this is very strange. Like it's non, not literal, but kind of literal and kind of, you know, it was very, yeah.
0: Did you happen to, forward. Did you happen to feel like, okay, so the main trauma, it seemed that Billy Lynn was dealing with was the death of his sergeant, which was um, uh, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel yeah. which also yeah. the scene with him underneath this tree and Vin Diesel oh, being all God. like, you know, this is very like a very like, a Mr. Yoda, Miyagi.
2: Yeah. Mr. <laughs> yeah.
0: Miyagi type. I'm like, I was watching that and thinking of you, Ryan, and I was like, does this happen? Is it just like always a come <laughs> to Jesus moment whenever you guys are like sitting around
3: the cooler, like <laughs> when you're deployed? Very, very, no, very, (laughs) I mean, maybe in some cases I do remember, you know, but they're, I think most of the things that a veteran would experience like that or a service member are, are, are unintentional and not very, uh, you know, and it just kind of happens. Like the things that I remember that had a big impact on me, the leaders had said to me, um, I don't think the leader was trying to do that. I don't think they were grabbing me by the shoulder and looking at me in the shade of in the desert under a very beautiful tree that is obviously placed there for some metaphorical meaning <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and and speaking to me I think it just kind of happens but you know again I guess you know swing and a miss swing and but, a miss yeah.
0: but, but the main thing I'm trying to say is like the trauma of losing his sergeant Vin Diesel was overshadowed finally in the flashback at the end it seemed to me by the the he had to kill the insurgent the terrorist yeah. So like, that was the thing that they decided to focus in on is that he had to kill the guy hand-to-hand combat. And then it was sort of like, almost felt like it was rushed past that he got back to Vin Diesel and, you know, spoilers, you know, Vin Diesel dies there. Um, but there's really, I think, more trauma with that than than with the killing of the soldier, it seemed.
3: I w- I would agree. Yeah. And I think that that's intentional. I think that, mm-hmm. right, like, as a service member, you're trained to do your job. Um, and that's, that's part of your job, but you can't, you know, you can't get, you know, there's a, a moral and a, and a physical and a mental injury that occurs when you, when you lose someone that you could have saved there, you're going to, what if yourself forever about things that you could have done differently that would have saved that person. Um, you know, there, there will obviously be some trauma with, with, a, with, you know, killing someone for sure. But, you know, you were killing that person to save this person. And so now, you've killed that person and didn't save that person. So the the you you did this bad thing to do a good thing and the good thing, you know, you mm. failed at. Or you, a... you will feel that you failed at. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. Catherine, you looked like you had a thought.
1: Yeah, I just kind of along what we're saying, I wish that they had focused more in the movie, kind of like you guys were saying on the, the trauma and how these this group felt coming home rather than like oh look at this spectacle they made of them because I don't I worry sometimes that like people see this stuff and then maybe not now because this was set you know years past now we have kind of more of an understanding I think of how um, you know veterans feel when they are coming home you know from Iraq and Afghanistan and things like that but I just hope people don't see this and go like, oh, it's fine. We can parade them out and just like, you know, do all these things for them and ask all these intrusive questions. Like, I just hope people are watching this and taking it for what it is and realizing that like there are some of these service members that have trauma and it's not okay to walk up to somebody and be like, hey, have you ever killed a guy?
0: Mm -hmm. Like, Totally. Um, I want to dive a bit into that relationship between uh, Billy Lynn and Garrett Hedlund's character. That seemed like almost the most complete relationship throughout the film, and definitely the service members uh, um, in their unit uh, between Billy and his uh, and his unit seemed like there was a, a lot of cohesion, a lot of understanding about how these guys interact together, how you know what how they're playing off each other. But certainly that relationship with him and his uh, immediate superior was was really interesting to watch throughout the movie.
1: Yeah. It seemed like they, I agree with you. That was the most complete relationship because a lot I'm watching him interact with a lot of these people and I had a lot of questions, but with him, you know, I felt like that was a real kind of genuine portrayal maybe like that seemed like a relationship that was of genuine caring and concern for the other person and and closeness. So that, that part of it, I did like.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think like we said, the, the when you have something like that, but it's surrounded by so much stuff that feels completely unbelievable you know like hmm. like when like when uh uh tim blake nelson's character the oil man like comes he's up playing to jerry,
0: he's playing jerry jones the yeah. owner of the of the dallas cowboys this is played by steve martin
2: yeah and it's 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 very like it's just an absurd scene and then um you know the the negotiation with steve martin over the 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 script so I, I agree that that's the best stuff in the movie is how these guys kind of all um, interact with each other and, you know, how they, what they share, the American public will never understand. But the story becomes so complicated to where, you know, they're negotiating a movie deal on the same day that they're doing the halftime walk. It just becomes so absurd that it's, it's hard to get invested in that relationship because you you you're getting hit all over the place with things that just seem so out of place
0: and especially let's let's name the elephant in the room is this cheerleader so oh my god well, i love this billy <laughs> lynn is a virgin we find out and he gets paraded in front of the newscasters as we were talking about it for this interview and he, he sort of meets eyes with this one dallas cowboy cheerleader i keep saying dallas cowboys because again this is like the football stadium that they're in but no, The knockoff actual, cowboys. The knock-off That's what cowboys. I was calling
1: them, the knockoff cowboys.
0: <laughs> so obviously they have Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders and he meets eyes with this chick. And, and afterwards, after the interview, they sort of bump into each other behind a curtain and have this conversation that kind of comes out of nowhere and then leads to them making out like suddenly she's like do you go to church or are you a a christian you a christian and he sort of gives some answer and then she like falls into his arms and decides to like whatever they do behind the curtain because we're not really given like what happens there um and i can understand that she has some level of hero worship because by the end, when she's like, you know, I want to be with you forever. And he's like, well, I could run away with you. And she's like, no, you got to go back to war. And he's like, oh, and it sort of hits him like, oh, she, she wants the hero. She wants the guy that's going to leave and go to battle and, and then come back to her. Not the guy that's going to like walk away with her into the sunset. Um, but this relationship, anybody,
1: <laughs> feel free. It's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird. Like, ah. I- First off, when at the end of the movie when they're having that conversation in like the loading dock and he's like, "Well, I could run away with you." And he's like so excited. He thinks this girl is genuine and then she's you could see her face change like, "Oh, but you have to go back." I could have reached through the screen and slapped her. Like, I was just so furious at her. But it, but it's like that was the weirdest like romantic moment in a movie I have ever seen in my life. Also, If you want to portray a movie that's based in reality, like in what world are you like sneaking away from a press conference and like just going behind a curtain to do Lord knows what, like with a bunch of journalists and photographers, like somebody's going to hear that. Let's just, I'm just (laughs) going to throw that out there. There's cameras with microphones. Okay.
3: Ryan. uh yeah so right be like well i did so what <laughs> <laughs> so so let me tell you like these the, of, of all the absurd things in this movie right uh a young army soldier offering to run away with a girl that he just met uh is one of the very realistic things that i have seen <laughs> happen there it is <laughs> right it's so right young young soldier young private falls in love with cheerleader stripper whatever like and and offers to you know run away with her uh not not outside the the realm of realistic possibility and I, I i can tell you that from seeing it happen uh multiple times and seeing uh just just bad things happen right when after you know you've been away for a long time and then you know usually alcohol or something is involved and you see these bad decisions made by young soldiers um, I just was like, well, you know, at least there's one one level of like realism to this. <laughs> I love the young Evan, soul droppers your... to run away. Yeah. Right.
0: Evan, what was your take on this? Because I feel like the three civilians in the room, are like, this never happens. And Brian's like, well, yeah, it does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have heard of, of stories like that from people that I know that have served. I just think it's the way that it was presented that felt like, especially that first scene where they go behind the thing and, you know, they're talking about you know, they start getting existential in the Valero Dome. (laughs) Like, like, You're like, what is going on? It sounds like two aliens talking to each other. You're like, two human beings have never had this type of conversation upon meeting each other for four seconds. Right. Um, I do like that part at the end of like, that idea is interesting Mm -hmm. of someone being interested in the idea of someone being a hero, being a soldier, but not that interested in like actually the person if it was done in a way that made any sense, I could see that being an interesting uh, plot point in the movie, but the way that it was done, you're just like, what am I watching?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Evan. Yeah, for sure. Like that, that was a very interesting dynamic that, you know, at the end of it, he's like, no, you need to go back to, go back to war. And you're like, wow, this is, you know, and it also kind of opens up a can of worms like, you know, that these, you could, if, if I'm trying to assess the theme to it, maybe the theme that these soldiers are, are, just, you know, tools of the country and, you know, whatever, you know, I, I guess, you know, you can put it into that kind of category, but it was, it was a very strange, it's very strange interaction, very strange.
0: And what about the shoehorned security guard versus veterans thing that happened? So yeah, they they get jump like. for, what's that?
2: Oh, you mean how they get jumped? Like, yeah, so time? like, very strange.
0: Right, so like, to give context to this for our listeners, they, they start the halftime show, there's this whole thing and at the end of it, they're all still standing on stage and the security guards come out and they're trying to clean up the halftime show to get the game back on. And they're like, you got to get off our field. And number one, the cheerleaders show up and they're like, don't talk to our veterans like that. And then they all walk off with like the, you know, arm and arm, which was just kind of weird. But then the security guards get this like really strange, like we hate you thing. And at the end of the movie, decide to jump the veterans and a gun comes sliding across the ground. And you think, oh, that's it. Someone's dead. But thankfully the was it this captain, the captain or staff sergeant, he picks up the gun and fires in the air and everybody disperses. And then out of nowhere, the cops are like taking the security guards away. But like out of nowhere, you get this like, security guards just run out and, and start beating on the, the veterans who are then defending themselves. And you're like, what is happening? Like, why, are, why is this happening?
1: I feel like this is another example of there was too much in this movie. Like that, none of that needed to be there all that bizarre relationship. Cause like, I I mean, I don't know, at least in anything I've ever heard of, I didn't, I don't know that people actively try to fight veterans when they see them in public for no reason, so.
0: This is where Ryan chimes in with,
3: well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, okay, so. (laughs) I just, I have to view this whole movie as like metaphorical. Like, so every time something happens in this movie, which is a lot where I go, why are they doing that? What does this mean? Like, I have to think to myself, what are the bodyguards representing in this case? Mm. Cause it's not literal bodyguards, right? Like what are they representing in this place? Is it, is it capitalism beating them up? Is it the country? Is it the military civilian divide beating them up? Is it the civilians not caring about veterans when they come home or the VA or what is it? Like what is, <laughs> like, what is, what are the bodyguards representing in this case? And I, you know, that's, I guess it's just an open question because it's, it's difficult to answer
1: we need to watch this movie through vin diesel's character's eyes because i feel like he was very like philosophical and he would have have the answer for that because i i don't know ryan's looking into this way deeper than i did because i just looked at it for what it was and i was like this is insane can i fast forward
0: unfortunately vin diesel would talk to it straight to the camera and give that really weird smile that happened at some point where he was like very strange
1: and he'd have that elephant, that little elephant that he had perched in their um, military vehicle. Yeah. That would be there, too, for the conversation.
0: Evan, did you catch any metaphorical uh, feelings there at the end with the security guards? Uh,
2: not the security guards in in particular. I think that um, Ryan is right, though, that I think a lot of things are are, it almost... Like because of like the out of place comedy and things like that, there there were times where I really felt like he was trying to make a satire, but he didn't go like far enough with it in order for it to make like it didn't feel like Doctor Strangelove or something like that. It wasn't that kind of funny satirical kind of thing. And you know, I think um, you know he had mentioned before about the frame rate. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, Ang Lee has always been a filmmaker to kind of embrace newer technologies like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, with the stunt work, Life of Pi, he was kind of the first like, to do a 3D film with, with a more artistic sensibility. And it seems like he was more interested in that technology and utilizing that to tell a story than he really was by making a coherent message with this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know we we were talking about them like breaking the fourth wall and things like that and reading about it with a higher frame rate he wanted it to seem immersive so a lot of your characters are staring like right at Billy Lynn to put you in his shoes Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that maybe he thought that all these things would go over better if you, you, you were put in that place of the character it felt like it was happening to you and I just don't think that that happened I think it creates kind of this strange Feeling among all of us, where it just kind of makes you uncomfortable, especially when things are not making any sense. <laughs> like yeah. I, don't, I feel like I'm like lost in the woods here.
0: But you make two good points there that might actually be, you know, Angley's Angley's actual point is that it did make me feel uncomfortable, and it did make me feel like I was like, you know, not in Kansas anymore. And maybe that's how Billy Lynn was. It was like I feel really uncomfortable standing here answering this question, and I also feel out of my element because. I feel stronger being deployed than I do sitting in this this stadium, you know, being accosted by all of this noise and all of this stuff, which was one of the bigger points of the movie that I there's a reason why I wanted to watch Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, because something I came across in a lot of the research that I've done through, you know, veteran and military affairs and you know, all, all of that is the way that we portray our veterans at these big sporting events, like the way that you know we parade everyone in front of us and we all stand up and clap, but it's that sort of. Hollow gesture of of thank you for your service. I'm going to clap for you, um, but not really taking the time to understand what a veteran has gone through. That I feel like is there in the movie, but um, if you don't really, if you're not there to watch that or see that, you're not going to get it. Um, but I wanted to get Ryan's take on what what that is. As far as what? So like, how do you feel about whenever you go to a sporting event and you feel like yeah, there's there's this appreciation. But does it feel that that hollow?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's such a that's such a tough thing to 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 answer. Right. Because mm-hmm. like uh, not doing it, you know, can then seem like unappreciative, uh, you know, right. doing it. I think it's it always has good intentions. Right. Like mm-hmm. the, to recognize our service members and, and thank them for their service. So, OK, great. Um, but, you know, sometimes it can, especially I think with this movie, like really just tried to hammer home is it, it feels, you know, kind of contrived um, and that it's not really about thanking or understanding what they're going through or having some level of connection uh, with the conflict that they're in. It's just about kind of making your yourself feel better because you did something and now you're a part of, you know, the fight because you, you know, you helped them, you, you recognize them when they came home from it. Um, because you know in reality I mean the you know society is in most parts sacrificed very little to be to be a part of these conflicts and I think that that's a way that they attempt to uh, at some level make themselves feel better mm-hmm. um, I don't know I mean I think that you know I you know people have thanked me for my service and I've never said you know I've never said don't thank me I you know I say it's my pleasure right I did this I signed up to do it, it it's the it's that sort of thing but like you know it is it is difficult for them to understand and and i think it's a difficult part of a of a veteran's readjustment and reintegration to society to to come home and and see a place that you know is unrecognizable and and has gone on has easily gone on without them right so i think that that's that's the the crux of the issue there
0: yeah it was it was it was an interesting thing because uh, like I said in the research that I've done this movie came up and that's why I was like I, I should watch that to understand what what they're talking about like w- understand maybe uh, why it's like yeah I, I like showing appreciation at, at our sporting events and things like that but uh, how to get how to get more involved how to understand more and yeah. how to move beyond just showing that appreciation and I and, and th- th- that's a much deeper thing uh, to for this movie than what this movie was able to show, but it it definitely touches on it. So it's something to to sort of see if you ever do end up watching the movie um, is you know why is this happening and and is this the right way to go about it and you know how can we uh, show appreciation in a different way that that means more.
3: Sure, yeah, and like I said, like it's not it's not wrong. It's certainly not wrong, and I, I've never felt like at any of these sporting events or anything like that. You know, that's not wrong. It's not wrong for you to wanna to, to thank your service members. I think it's great. I think that's fantastic. At least it keeps those things on on the top of mind for some people that there that there are people out there fighting and serving and, and doing those things. Um, but I you know, I I think that there are there are, you know, some some veterans who, you know, do feel kind of like that's, you know, like that's not enough or, you know, that doesn't really get to the root of the issue or or, or what does that mean? And I, you know. There can always there can always be more, but I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to to want to do that.
1: I also think like I, Ryan, I don't know if you would agree with this or not. Like you said, everything starts with good intentions, and I think there's a big difference between like recognizing a veteran at a football game and parading them out during a Destiny's Child theoretically song that has nothing to do that's called Soldier that has nothing to do with actually being in the military. Do you know what I mean? Like if they yeah. wanted to have them there and recognize them there, that's fine, but like and then that weird director is coming over and being like, "Oh no, you need to put different uniforms on because you have to look battle ready." Like I think there's a difference between like doing it respectfully and doing it the way that it was done in this movie, which was effectively you turned them into like a prop for a mm. show, which is yep. not okay. You're
3: right,
0: exactly. Great point. Um well, if you can watch it, try to fast forward through the eight minutes of logos at the beginning and just kind of dive into the actual movie. <laughs> it's like, if I'm going to fall asleep before the movie even starts, like, come on, <laughs> we know everybody who made the movie. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. Like, let's get into it. Okay. So moving on from Billy Lind, Uh though, it got 44% on Rotten Tomatoes and I don't know how, you know. Yeah, pretty bad. We're moving on to another movie that didn't get good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, but I actually really liked, which was Sandcastle on Netflix. Um, Sandcastle also was basically focused on one particular soldier, though at the beginning of the movie, no, no necessary spoiler here, he tries to break his hand with a Humvee door to get uh to get sent home. Um, it kind of kicks off from there where he's then um, uh sent off to a northern uh a northern town in Iraq, and they are uh, given the mission to rebuild a bombed out uh, water pump station, um, him and his unit. And obviously, throughout the, the course of this movie, they're dealing with uh, the locals, they're dealing with insurgents, um, they're dealing with uh, trying to get this place back up and running, um, getting workers. A lot of the things seemed very real in this movie,
3: very grounded. Would you Would you agree, Ryan? Yeah, for the most part, uh, for sure. Um, I think that both of these movies deal with you know uh, kind of like trauma on an, on an individual level, um, and it's you know it, it's hard for me to 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 rant or or, or hate about, about either of these because like unlike you know compared to the Hurt Locker right, uh, which only briefly touches on kind of trauma at the very end and what and what he went through, um, th- this isn't neither of these are movies that are like promoting the the you know the promote promoting war. Right, both of them are, are much more, at least attempted to, uh, you know, touch much more on the on the why and the and, and what's going on and the trauma of, of war. So yeah, I think, uh, and I think with everything going on right that has been going on in Afghanistan, I think that's a very, you know, relevant point that I think a lot of people have questions on. Right, the, I think with both of these movies, there's a lot of like, why and what's the point and and that sort of especially Sandcastle.
0: Mm-hmm. Nicholas Holt who played the lead in this I thought he did a really great job um, I really enjoyed his performance and his arc uh, over the course of the film where at the beginning he breaks his hand to get out and by the end he wants to stay um, uh, Evan uh, your thoughts on, the, on Sandcastle
2: I enjoyed it I thought especially compared to the two it definitely is like the, the one that's most successful in what it's trying to do you know, Billy Lynn, I think, is trying a lot of different things and being more experimental, and and Sandcastle was a, a little more, you know, by the numbers down the middle from like an execution standpoint, but I think that that's better for the material because it does. I think I think it's successful in what it's trying to do, and and I did like that. Um, you know, it gave you a sense of how how difficult what are service members are asked to do over there. I mean, you know, it's not just, you know, trying to get local cooperation while also defending from the enemy. And then, you know, that feeling of, um, you know, if you try to get um, too invested in the work that you're trying to do and and truly help people, there is government bureaucracy that's going to get in the way of that from time to time. So I I did like that. Um, I I thought that it was, was well done. I don't, like it could have i don't know maybe went a little deeper went a little more um um, further with it but i think overall executed pretty well
0: it's hard to rant and rave about a movie that you're like
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: you know like it was pretty good (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, (laughs) this movie i would have paid four dollars for to watch like i would have gladly paid four dollars to rent this one i I think, well, first off, you guys have forever ruined war-related movies for me in like a good way because now after our last conversation, I always ask like, is this actually accurate? So that was going to be my first question to Ryan before I decided if I like really liked it as opposed to just liking it would be, is it accurate? And since you gave it the okay, I feel, you know, (laughs) free to enjoy this movie. But what I appreciated about it was, is that, I find, and Ryan, you kind of touched on this, like these movies, sometimes they go for so much of like the gore and these like violent deaths and stuff, which obviously some of these people are dying like horrible, violent deaths. I mean, there was that gentleman that got, you know, from the school that got burnt and tied to a a stake and that was horrible, but they didn't focus so much on like the the gory death and the absolute atrocities as like the story behind it and like the, how these, um, you know these guys are feeling as they go through this, and that's what I appreciated about it. It was more of like their experience than like, oh, look, these are the, you know, this is the the death and the gore and the, you know, horrible stuff. I because I like something that kind of as we talked about with Billy Lynn, like makes you think and shows more of the, you know, human emotion and like what these guys are feeling as opposed to like, oh, this is just what it's like.
0: I, I agree that when his battle buddy was killed in the in the film, I. I got pretty emotional at that point, And I was kind of surprised by that. It, it wasn't so much that they focused in on it, but I think the reaction that they filmed it, the way they were filmed the reaction really stuck with me uh, about how they are dealing with the loss of him. And I, and I liked that they, they fo- as much as they didn't focus on that in Billy Lynn, uh, the way that they shot uh, the, the director and the, and the cinematographers, they, sh- they showed this happen in Sandcastle was I thought so much more effective um and and really drove home the idea of like you're gonna lose somebody and that's really that's that's gonna be terrible
1: yeah and the way they had them i mean they had to go right right back to work and i and i thought that was an important point to hit on too is and that's kind of like what i was trying to say too is they focused on more like how people react to this horrible stuff than like what it's trying to happen and i thought You know, for maybe people that don't watch a lot of these types of movies, this would be a good one to watch to kind of understand like the feelings and emotions that are
0: happening. It made the war small, in a way, to me. Like it made it relatable. Um, It wasn't about big set pieces. It wasn't about you know trying to be so many different things. Again, like Billy Billy Lynn, Um, but it brought down to a a, like a human level. These guys have a mission. They're trying to accomplish it. This one this one soldier is having a crisis of faith and how does that all intermix in this town where they are just beating their heads against a wall, trying to make it all work. Um, Yeah. I don't, I know.
3: Thoughts on that. I mean, Uh, one of the things that just really popped out of me was just like, I mean, how powerful, you know, and I got not, but how, what a large impact it must've had on them. Like when you, when you take a step back and look at it, like, you know, his friend died trying to bring water to people in a desert, right? Like you can't get help from people there to, to, to do something to help them improve their life. Somebody died because of it, because he was like seen as assisting you. And you're just trying to, to bring water to people in a desert and your friend died trying to do it like that. That to me was like, that's just really, that, that, that's just really hard to deal with. And I think, yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite part uh, of the movie was
2: um, what she touched on is, you know, you have that horrible violent scene and then the next morning the sun comes up and you know you don't even get a moment of reflection or anything like that it's like no, we got to go back to work, you know, we have to. you know, we start building the pipeline again. And and that was really effective for me of just thinking about that as, uh, you know, what that would be like to serve over there where you have no idea what day-to-day is going to be like. And no matter what yesterday was like, the mission is today and we keep moving forward. And uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty well done.
0: When the, the, the school teachers who we're talking about who gets uh, killed by terrorists or the insurgents um, for helping the Americans, um, what did shift in the movie though was became like sort of a revenge film after that it was like we found these guys through the school teacher's brother and now we're gonna go get them so this becomes like this the battle set piece where they're spanning out across this town um they're getting hit with uh rockets and everything there's there's a battle that takes place and all this stuff did that seem shoehorned into anybody else uh that it was like all of a sudden like okay now we're gonna go get these guys and we know where they are
1: I think it it maybe I I didn't feel it that way, but I think maybe it felt that way because there was no like concept of how much time was in between these events. Like it all seemed to go very fast, which I don't know if it would typically work that way or not. And I think maybe because it had to fit, you know, you're a movie, you have to fit within like two hours or whatever. It just seemed to move fast where like, if this was reality, I don't think events would have moved quite that fast.
3: I think, uh, I, I think you're right that, you know, we don't know exactly, I mean, movies, yeah, they do tend to have to kind of like compress timelines or whatever, but I, I can't tell you that, you know, when when you're out there doing a, doing a tough job and you're just like, okay, like it's hot, you know, we're in a war zone, we're getting shot at every now and then, and it's annoying and all those things. But, you know, once, when a unit loses somebody, then it's, it, it is, it's an immediate sense of like, you know, somebody has to pay. Somebody has to pay for this. Um, and, you know, uh, and it, it really, uh, you know, motivates a unit to go out there. And, and in some cases, look, in some cases, look for a fight, right, to, to get out there. And but, you know, uh, a, a reaction has to be made, you know, uh, somebody has to know at some point, uh, for both uh, your own internal gratification, or and, and some other things that that, you know that this is not acceptable right that we're not going to take this lying down that we're not going to lose somebody and then you're not and then we're just going to continue on as business as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can usually take uh, the shape, the form and shape it in a lot of different ways, you know, you know, increased presence patrols more raids, you know, looking, you know, finding out and going and arresting people, you know, and, and whatever but that's that's a very kind of typical reaction from us from, you know, a military unit when something like that happens.
0: What I didn't like was at the at the very at, at the very end. I really thought after this battle had taken place and uh, like two more of his his buddies were were wounded, uh, one of them potentially dying. They were loaded on an, on a medevac helicopter and off they went, and we never heard anything about them again. And I was like, well, wait a second. Like the, a lot of this film has been about like his relationships with with you know his guys, and like suddenly we we don't get an answer on what happened to them. Um, And I kind of wish they would have done something, any, a line, something in there that just said, yeah, they're okay, or yeah, this happened, you know, just give me, give me as an audience member some closure on that. And maybe that was the point was to not give closure.
1: I was waiting at the end for some like thing before the credits that said, oh, you know, they lived or some, you know, how like you have in movies. That's Mm -hmm. what I was waiting for. And I heard nothing. And I was watching this with my husband and I turned to him and I said, but what about his buddies? You know, that was what I was concerned about.
0: Evan, I, I have a bone to pick with filmmakers. I hate it whenever we don't get an answer. I need my cathartic moment of like, okay, I get it. Or, oh, okay, there's some answers here. Uh, the End of the Departed, so much like that, where he's just like, here's a box, looking it for something and she looks in it and you don't know what it is. And now I'm still 10, 15 years later trying to figure out what's in that dang box. Just give me the answer like
2: <laughs> yeah we want you guys to use your imagination a little bit we've been sitting in an editing bay for how long come on <laughs> you, can, you can fill in some of the blocks yourself um no but for that for this type of film particularly uh that does kind of feel like an omission though you know there's certain types of films you expect that kind of stuff where you're you're kind of left to your own devices like you know If I go to watch a David Lynch movie, I know I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to make some assumptions about what's going on. But yeah, this this felt more like your, your standard type of storytelling and to leave something out in a film like that does feel strange.
0: Mm -hmm. Inaccuracies. I wrote down inaccuracies, Ryan. Is there anything in there? Because the film felt so grounded. I was, I started to like, think about your, your perception of this movie and be like, okay, that's completely wrong or that wouldn't happen or
3: things like that. No, I didn't. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to to pick a bone with this, just because yeah. of the content and everything. I was just like, you know, what what the story that it was trying to tell was something completely different. So I'm sorry, I don't have any any lists of, uh, of inaccuracies. So I was able to suspend my disbelief long enough to enjoy the film.
0: That's good. <laughs> and you know, it, what's interesting is that this does this film also does not have a really great Rotten Tomatoes score. But I would wonder if more veterans had seen it and reviewed it, if it would be higher, because it seems to me like it, it does have that level of accuracy to it and, and that level of like uh, groundedness that you would be like, yeah, all, all of this seems like it could could happen. And these guys are reacting to the moments that are are taking place in a realistic way.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that that kind of speaks to maybe post 9-11 movies. Um, kind of in general is you know you haven't seen one emerge as like an all-time classic the way like uh, a Vietnam film has or a and-, of, and, and I think part of it is because the situation does not lend itself to catharsis you know it lends itself to frustration and um, kind of you know arriving at this place of like he's, like Ryan said, what are we doing here? What, you know, why are we subjecting our, our soldiers to, to this type of situation? And I think that the film did do a good job of that, of, of painting that in, in my, you know, what I know as accurate. Um, but I'll take Ryan's word for it. But yeah, it did feel that way of, of um, you know, it's just unbelievable to, to know so many guys have had to have similar experiences. Ryan, um, at the end, whenever Nicholas Holt's
0: character is sort of, I, he's told to go home. I don't know if he's booted from the army or, but like you know, he he definitely speaks up in the room and he's like, "I'm I I don't want to leave," and he speaks out of turn. Um, do, what was that? That that was something that I didn't quite understand militarily. Like, how could he be like told to leave, and even though he wants to stay, and they're like, "Nope, get
3: out. You're gone. Your war's over." I, I didn't quite understand that. 100% either. But hmm. um, I mean, typically what, what happens is I think he would he was an army reservist, right? Like in the movie, wasn't he a, a reserve soldier? And that's yeah. why he tried to get out of it in the beginning. So, um, you know, typically what would happen with that is like, you're, you know, you're given orders for a certain period of time. And and somebody in authority has to like extend those orders for you to stay. Um, and, you know, in the big world of the army and the military with all the moving pieces, right? Like, everyone has to move when they're when they're ready to move uh, Mm -hmm. or when the army wants them to move. So it's kind of like, not your choice. It's, uh, you know, I think that that's kind of what that was, that was putting in there. And I think I I kind of read it as mostly, uh, as a character development to, to demonstrate how he had changed, Mm -hmm. uh, and and an opportunity and a vehicle in the movie to, to show that. Yeah. That
0: he was like, no, I'm, I need to help these people. There's a way to do this, even though, you know, spoiler, you know, what happens at the water station doesn't necessarily work out. Um, So he obviously wants to complete the mission that he was sent there to do. The one thing that I tell him really out of place was his shower scene there at the end. It was not gratuitous, but it was just, just enough that it was like, it sort of took you out of what was going on. I understand that they've been fighting to get water. He hadn't had a shower in a long time, but I did feel that was sort of just like why, why are we showing that much <laughs> Like, there didn't need to be that much that that much in sort of this this movie i don't know i
1: think it's a concept of like you know it's such a simple thing like for most people just to turn on the you know the shower the sink or whatever and there's water and they came from this place where you know their friends literally gave their lives for it and i think that was what they were trying to capture like it's such a simple thing but now you know every time he turns on a faucet he's going to think about it but the way that they did it was not tasteful. It was it was opinion. this idea
0: of like, yeah, I totally get what they were going for in the sense of like, every time he turns it on, he's going to think about this. But w- the way they shot it was like, I'm only thinking about this now. I'm not thinking about what he's going through.
1: I think we can put that scene and the scene with the cheerleader from Billy Lynn and the <laughs> not tasteful could have been done better category together.
0: Not that I'm, ai guess, a prude, you'd say, but it was just like, I I wanna I wanna think or feel what he's feeling right now and this idea of like this is what we're fighting, this water, this is something so easy and we couldn't accomplish this. But I again I think the way they shot it, it just took you out of what that feeling was.
1: Honestly, I think they could have left it with that scene where they were walking past the swimming pool with all the guys swimming. Like I kind of started to see it there. There was such a stark contrast with them coming and you know, they they're they're dirty and you can tell they just came, you know, from being station somewhere and they have all their stuff and then there's all these other people just like sitting and relaxing and and Mm -hmm. being in the water like i started to get it get that type of feeling there like oh look there's a pool full of water what they would have given to have that where they were i think they could have just cut it there and maybe made like the same type of point
3: Mm point. Yeah, and maybe Uh, the point was to to expand upon like that these kind of triggers for the for you know war veterans can be in more than one place i you know i don't hmm. i don't know but yeah, it was a little little odd.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little odd. I'll just say that. That's true. Um, okay, so everybody, if you're if you're saying for Billy Lynn a thumbs up or thumbs down for our audience, I I, I would kind of keep it in the middle. I would almost and you might, you might hate me for this. I might almost put it on a thumbs up simply because I want to hear more people rant and rave about this <laughs> movie. <laughs> That's too much fun. Um, So I would recommend it simply just because I would want to hear people talk about it. Uh, As for a movie, I'd probably go thumbs down.
1: I've softened a little on it after hearing the philosophies of Ryan, um, you know, looking at stuff as metaphors, but I'd I'd still give it a i still give it
3: a down. I feel Sorry. like there's no other way to look at it. It's so absurd. <laughs> I, it's,
1: I, I mean, it was like, I, I've softened a little bit. I, it, I just had very, very strong feelings about it. So I I, I will not be renting it again.
0: No, I would not. Or I would not watch it. Or, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Right. Not a purchase, not even another rental. Not even if it was free and playing in the background, I'd probably no, turn it off. No, yeah. You know, but if anybody was like, hey, have you seen Billy Lynn? I'd be happy to talk with them about it. <laughs> <laughs> Evan?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I respect Ang Lee's work. I think he's done some great stuff. And I like- Ang Lee's
0: not listening, so you don't, you don't have to like-
2: <laughs> And I do appreciate that he is trying to push the, the medium forward in different ways. Uh, but I did think about, because the one on Amazon, I think is presented in 24 frames a second. It's not in the 120 frames that he shot it. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I wonder if this would be any better watching it in the 120 frames a second. But then I thought- I wouldn't watch this movie again in any frame rate, so I'm gonna have to give it a thumbs down. Sorry,
1: Ang.
0: All right, um, going around Catherine for Sandcastle. Thumbs up, thumbs down.
1: Oh, thumbs up! I'd watch it again. I liked it a lot.
0: Evan?
2: Yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I think it's solid. I think um, you know it doesn't bite off more than it can chew, and what it what it bites off, it does well.
0: I agree with that. I'd go thumbs up, Ryan. Thumbs up.
3: I would say thumbs, thumbs up. up for Sandcastle.
0: Well, the 40, what, 49% that it had on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes here. Let me double check that just, just to make sure. There's Also, Rotten Tomatoes is just 47% of a splat or whatever. I don't even know how you would. I mean, someone said unwittingly, perhaps, Sandcastle reveals itself as a microcosm of America's foreign policy in the Middle East. But you gave it a bad review. like. That's, yeah. I think, a good review. That's like, yeah, that's that's exactly what they wanted you to see. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an impressive achievement for a film to do, but you know, right.
1: Some of my um, favorite movies have gotten terrible reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, so take it for what it is. No, no offense to the tomatoes, you know.
2: This is really the only source you should trust. These four people. <laughs> Forget about Rotten Tomatoes. That's
0: right. Maybe,
1: maybe you three. I just ran rave for no reason, but. <laughs>
0: That's why we show up. That's, <laughs> forget about Cisco and Ebert. Come to the Scuttlebutt for your movie reviews. Um, we'll have to pick two more and do another one. But I do want to like give a, a bonus movie here. If You go on Vimeo for our, for our audience or, or you three, if you'd like to see an interesting one, Pesh River Boys. I came across this uh, when looking up things. It's a good documentary about uh, the Pesh River in Afghanistan, a very good documentary, I thought. Um, you do, it's like about an $8 rental from vimeo.com, but Pesh River Boys, I thought was a good one. Um, and there are several others. If you do Canopy, Canopy Canopy.com, if you have a library card, you can access Canopy for free, get 10 movies free per month to watch. And there's a lot of different post 9-11 documentaries that are on Canopy that, that I've been sort of making my way through. Um, but Wonderful conversation today, guys. I really appreciate all the insights, Brian, especially Um, there's a lot of different things that, you know, I think these movies bring up. uh, And part of the reason we talk about the movies is because I think more topics come up that we can then talk about in future scuttlebutts. So it's not necessarily just about reviewing a movie. Um, So I really appreciate uh, your thoughts on all of this.
3: Happy to be here, man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, and uh, look forward to more scuttlebutt uh, this season. Uh, we will be doing uh, more more things about the Afghan pullout. Uh, I know we're gonna be talking with some people about that um, and more uh, more stories from veterans and different things. So again, if you have ideas or thoughts, uh, please email me at Sean, S-H-A-U-N, at veteransbreakfastclub.org. Um, thank you all for being here and uh, we'll chat with you all so- again soon. I wanna thank Millerstown Pick Apart for their generous support and sponsorship of this program. For Millerstown's hours, direction, inventory, and pricing, go to pickapartyard.com. That's P-I-C-A-P-A-R-T-Y-A-R-D.com. Thank you so much, Millerstown, and uh, we'll see you on the next Button.